Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot. Well, Coach, happy Thanksgiving. Same to you guys, man. We almost had a really happy, happy Thanksgiving last night. (laughs) Speaking of last night, Coach, have you ever had that kind of experience? It seemed like Eric Musselman was experiencing with that officiating crew. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I could sympathize with him. Boy, I'm telling you, it's... uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not uh, working right now because then I can say what I need to say about officiating. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's kind of like hush, hush. If they're good, they're good. If they're bad, they're bad. But don't say nothing, you know. <laughs> Some, sometimes guys, uh, officials, you know, I just say that they have horrible judgment. They got great mechanics. But I'm not looking for mechanics. I need judgment. Making the call that you make be as close to being the the right call as opposed to being close to being the wrong call. You know, Coach, one of the things that that drives me crazy, and, and this really is more, I think, from officials who are just a little bit out of position uh, to make the actual accurate call, and that is officials who anticipate the call. I feel like last night there were several fouls on Arkansas that the official wasn't quite where he needed to be position-wise, so he anticipated what he thought was going to happen, and then when the replay showed didn't exactly happen the way that you anticipated that to happen, but yet the foul was still called upon Arkansas. That's what drives me crazy is officials who anticipate the call. Well, you're absolutely right. They, I don't know, as a whole, I guess they're programmed to, in case, you know, it's kind of like anticipation is, is you, you got it in the game itself, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, you know, the anticipation is always going to be there. It's just that I I hope it doesn't go against me <laughs> when, when, you, when you're anticipating what's going to happen and it didn't happen. And, and, and a lot sometimes that happens quite a bit in some games, you know. Uh I'll give you one uh, an example of something that is ironic. I had one official that I had nine or uh, ten times over my career. I lost nine of those games that he, he was in, in, in that career span and won one. So every time I saw him, I got sick. <laughs> you know? uh. I'm saying, oh, my God. And it, and it seems that those are the guys that you get which you don't want. Mm. So, uh, you know, they can make a coach act uh, 
crazy because of, you know, you're there, you're working hard, and your kids are playing hard, and they, they're they not up to power. What bothered me, used to bother me a lot, is that I could see an official call a game in New York. The next night, he's in Seattle, Washington, calling the game. And on the third, fourth night, he's in Arkansas. I'm saying, this guy's older than I am. Why in the hell can he get a round and call that many games? Give me a break, you know. So I, I, I can come up with the. You know, I, I would ask, hey, didn't I just see you on TV <laughs> last night? And, and I said, and you, and you come in here to play against a team like ourselves, it's a very tough, hard job to call a game the way our team played. Uh, that's why they changed all the rules. No touching, no grabbing, no nothing. We did everything you could allow us to do. We did. Coach, talk about losing. Uh, well, a being in a tournament like like that, I gotta I gotta believe that's helpful in recruiting. Um, you know, Arkansas obviously done a great job, but it's got to be nice to be able to go to some of these big time kids and say we're going to be in Hawaii for a few days. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's also got to be tough to lose one like that too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we. You know, if you get over there and you can win a couple games, a game or two, then you 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 really have you get the opportunity to play people that you would normally never play, mm. but you might meet them in a tournament, and they you'll never see them again unless you meet them in the NCAA tournament. And I think that's the good part because sometimes they have some really really good uh, eight nine teams on the, anybody on the island or. Rico, wherever they have tournaments, you get those games free, which helps you prepare for what you got to get ready for the regular season. I always say you have preseason, then you have season, and you have postseason. So you, to me, you got to get ready for each one of those seasons, and that's the beginning. And the beginning is really important so you can have your team as a unit have been with each other. And no, I mean, it becomes closeness, and that's why you want to make those kind of trips to, to those kind of places. Coach, one one player that I think we are, I realize he was a five-star. He was a McDonald's All-American. He's already being projected in, you know, early rounds, uh, maybe in the, in the lottery and uh, the upcoming NBA draft. I'm talking about Anthony Black. But – Sometimes it just looks like, Coach, you watch a young man grow up right in front of you because I did not see all the way up until uh, the first game against Louisville, and I really didn't give a tremendous amount of cred in that game because, as it turns out, Louisville's awful. Uh, I can't believe how bad they are. But I thought last night, if there was a stamp of legitimacy, it came against Creighton because that's a pretty good ball club. Uh, what do you think about the Anthony Black? It just looks like to me this young man is growing right up in front of our eyes. Well, you know, I got an opportunity a couple of days, maybe three or four days before they took the trip to Hawaii to watch practice. I haven't been to a practice or watched the practice in in a long, long time. And 
looking at the youngsters coming out on the floor and 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 watching them shoot the basketball and watching the the, the pace in which they work out and I Black was he's up among I, I had no idea who he was but after I saw what happened last night I said that's that kid that that, that I think is got a chance of being really really good but when I look at uh, all of his players, they are, you know, I don't, I don't know how you get to judge that type of talent from 1 through 12. I mean, <laughs> you, you, God almighty, we, we have pretty good players, but, but as a number, you would have probably more guys that they would say is going to the NBA. You just talked about him. You just put a bunch of kids from Fort Smith. Uh-huh. He hadn't even played yet. And, and, and he's already pretty Projected it. Uh, sometimes the, 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 the players get too much put on their shoulders of saying how good they are, and eventually they have it. And it just so happened that maybe that was his breakout. I can play. I know I can play. So now I'm ready to play. One thing that I think changes everything. Well, it's not. I think I know. And that is this now transfer portal. I don't think any of us realized how good Brazil could be. But the guy that I'm coming away, last night he stepped up and hit some major three-point shots, badly needed baskets for Arkansas. That's Ricky Council. This this kid, he reminds me of one of your kids is what he reminds me of. I mean, this kid, his motor never stops, and he just goes and goes, and he's fearless. And I love that about yes. a player. Oh, man, yes. I mean, you know, to give them all credit and to give most of his credit to you because he, they play hard, uh, Rainwater. When you play as, as hard as they play, you know, they, I don't think they're blessed with the out, really pure outstanding shooting but you don't have to have that when you have guys playing as hard on the defensive end right. and making a few shots. But another kid, just like he's the one you just mentioned and talked about, I think his name is Mitchell. Is there a Mitchell? Yeah, got two of them. Two Mitchells? Two twins, yes, sir. Well, One's 15, and I forget the other number of the other one, but, uh, yeah, they're twins. Well, I, 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 I'm not. I, I think I know what which the two of the twins. But uh, is, I think he wears number one. I think one's council. Council. That, that is that the one you were you were talking. Yes, about? sir. Is that the one yes, you were sir. talking about, right? Yes, sir. Ricky Council. Ricky. Yeah. Okay. I, I've had my, my name. Yeah. He. He. I was wondering where this guy come from. You know, he this kid can flat play the game and knows how to shoot. The, you know, he can shoot the basketball. That the shots he was taking and making were were there were shots that good players take and make. Some some of the bad players they take they don't make. But <laughs> this kid can take and make, and so uh, it, it's beautiful to watch, like you were saying, grow up right in front of. God, my, he went from. Who are you to? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You play, you know. I call those my PTCP players. Those are the players 
that that kid is. I think he's going to uh, be a tremendous addition to his ball club. Well, Dick Vitale used to come up with that phrase, you know, diaper dandies, and I I used to kind of roll my eyes at some of the things that Dick Vitale was said, but I actually thought that last night uh, when you had Jordan Walsh, who's one of those diaper dandies, and then you got Anthony Black, who's one of those diaper dandies, and uh, even though Nick Smith Jr. is yet to play, well, he'll certainly yes. be one of those diaper dandies once he gets <laughs> to play. But I got to tell you, Coach. Yeah, on the other hand, I'm glad, I'm glad finally that uh, you know, except for going back to your days, it's been at times a long gap in Arkansas basketball before you could actually say, "Well, there's some diaper dandies at Arkansas." <laughs> You're right about that. Hey, you know the great part about that is, Rain, is that some of those are right out of our state. Yeah. Man, yes, you, sir. You got that. That's when that's when you're rocking and rolling. When you can stay within the state and pick up the best players, and they're dice for dandies, as you say. <laughs> that, that that that's a that's a blessing in itself. And then you can sprinkle anything else around. You go out and find you five cheerleaders to help you play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coach, uh, what 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 was your strategy in a three day tournament like this? I mean, the NCAA, you can play uh, two game, uh, two games within, what, three days. But this is three games in three days. Did you, uh-huh. did you coach any differently in, in knowing not, that you not had? Really, not really. The thing that I, I tried to do with my team is prepare them for every game that we're going to have to play, whether it's one in the morning at seven. We work out at six or five in the morning, so – you get up sometimes. You got to have pregame meal at seven or eight. That's pregame meal because you got a game at eleven o'clock in the morning. You know, you you've got all these odd times that, that they are playing games because you're in a tournament setting. You're in a tournament setting at the NCAA, but you got one. You got a day in between there most of the time. Uh-huh. So, so, so for me, I want you to prepare for me. I don't prepare for you. I prepare for all of you. In other words, the way we're going to play, we're going to play. We, if, if you let me put my will on what I want to play like, that's how we're going to play. That's why I get a, a tremendous kick out of a guy announcing the game and says, hey, if you get Arkansas in a half-court game, they can't play. Well, hell, I, I, that doesn't tell me that that you know more than I do. I, I know I can't play. I don't practice half-court. I practice full-court. Now, now I have to put the field on the other foot. Do you play like Arkansas? No. So what if Arkansas make you play like them? <laughs> oh, it's a different story because, you see, because you don't come down and A go to B and B go to C and it looks so structured, that, that's not the way the Razorbacks play basketball. We try to play basketball to take away what you do in practice every day. And most teams and most schools and high school and junior high they work on their offense every single day to, to do what, you know, walk out on the floor and your defense against my offense. And and, it, and the guys that are announcing it, the slower you do it, the easier it is to announce. So when you've got guys <laughs> that are double teaming and trapping and, and, and going crazy and trapping in the middle of the floor when they say you can't do it, all, all they're saying is you can't do it, mean the thing to me, you don't want us to do it. 
but we're going to do it. And you're going to have to adjust to me. I'm not going to adjust to you. You're going to adjust to how I play. And that's if, and if you don't, I'll take the ball and go home like you did. <laughs> if you can't play like me, then I ain't going to play you. So let's go get them and make them play like we want them to play. So all this stuff about, oh, it's half court this and full court that and zone defense and that offense. They run in this offense. Every every college team I've watched so far run basically the same offense. Mm. They all all run the circle. I call it the circle. <laughs> all have the wheel. All have a pick and roll. All got a pick and pop. I mean, all the offenses are basically the same. But now, what happens if if, if we're practicing to stop you from doing all those kind of things, making you uh, uncomfortable trying to do those things? Then the game changes. Okay, let, let's 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 kind of revisit. I think a, a a painful subject, so to speak, and that is hand checking. Because when the NCAA decided that they were going to eliminate the hand checking, coach, how much did that actually change your defense? Because to me, the king of the hand check, I can't imagine when Corey Beck put his hands on you, I mean, he could pretty well guide you wherever he wanted you to go. How much did that change your defense when they outlawed or did away with the hand check? Well, it affects us a little bit. You know, I played for for Coach Haskins, and Haskins played for Mr. Iba, just like Eddie played for Mr. Uh-huh. Iba. We all we all played similar tight defense, half court, man to man, and we could use our hands. And no, I felt nobody could get around me because you couldn't go through me that way. <laughs> and and Beck was basically that way. Like Daniel was in that same mode time, and so we were able to use our hands. And because of the hand check, every every tape they showed about hand checking was razor back. Yeah. Every yes. clip, with the, you know, look up. I said, there, there's a reason back to get. Sure. <laughs> we, only thing that I thought hurt us is that, no, we couldn't use our hands, but we could still harass. And and, and, and so it was more like as we went on, it, it got more and more with my team being smaller. Traffic, double teaming became more important than just get up, get up there and, and play you hard as we used to play on the defensive end. Now, there's these, these, these youngsters are so long, you know, if they, if they stretch their hands, arms out, you, know, you can't get around it. Take you a week to get around them. <laughs> you know, so, so, so uh, it affects us. It, 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 got, it took more of our physical uh, nature out of us because we couldn't use our hands. You know, Coach, I was in uh, El Paso a couple of weeks ago. Uh, for a couple of weeks, actually, I was out there. And um, I walked in the place I would see Coach Haskins. He, they would have his picture on the wall of some of the offices I went into. And so uh, yeah, got to mention, talk about you. And you you still you got a lot of fans in El Paso. Um, I guess you play ball out at uh, Texan Western, West, Westland. That's, that's, my, that's my home, Mark. Yeah. I lived there. And uh... – uh, yeah, he he was quite uh, well. He was just like the guy who coached him, Mr. Ivor. Mm. 
they, they were, you know, I was, I was telling my grandson who's a coach. I got two grandsons. Yes, they know your grandson uh, uh, quite, right? quite a bit, too. Yeah, I got to talk about that. Absolutely. Oh, you know, it was funny because I told him when I was playing for Coach Atkins, there was no bounce pass allowed to the boat, to the post player. You could pass, you couldn't bounce it to it. And then you couldn't really? get past it. No, that was a rule. We had a rule on defense. On offense, you do not bounce it into <laughs> anybody and you don't skip it over anybody. You have wow. To, so, so it eliminates some of the things I could do when he came. And, and every time coach, I did it, coach, I hang, coach, hang on. we got to take a break. Hang on. You got I don't it, want to miss any part it. of this. <laughs> that is Coach Nolan Richardson, Marcus Elliott. I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And we are thrilled to have Mark back with us. He is with us today, Marcus Elliott. Thank you, sir. But we're probably as pleased as anything to have this gentleman with us. It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot. Coach, I got to tell you, if you hadn't tried Slim Chickens, you're missing a treat. And, um... I make sure I go by there at least once, if not, I won't say twice a week, but I try to make it by there once a week for sure because they're tenders. I'm not a big tender fan, but I am a big fan of the Slim Chickens tenders. And uh, as much as anything, I love the variety of sauces that they have. All right, Coach, right before we took the break, we had to take a break. You were talking about, and I I wanted you to repeat it because I'm like, what? No bounce pass? To the post? No bounce bounce pass to the post. No bounce pass nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) They they had, there was some tremendous rules. And I mean, uh, you know, and we were a very disciplined type basketball team, which whatever coach said, that's what we tried to do. And the the team came two, three years later, just the opposite of of us. They they did, they, they, he says, Slow it down, and hell, they speed it up. They speed it up. They slow it down. (laughs) And they go on to win the championship. He figured it out. He says, hell, let them play. (laughs) We'll find out how this goes, you know. But uh, it was a different day and different time. But, but yeah, I I can remember. If you took it behind your back, if you were going somewhere, you took it behind your back to get to that spot where you're coming out. You you call it your you're a showboat. <laughs> and then, of course, we started getting kids out of New York and Chicago and all that. That's how they play. And, of course, way out in this part of the country, you never saw that kind of ball movement or bounce pass through the legs. And then that, that all of a sudden became the way to play the game. They started to uh, – it, 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 uh, it took a while for – for coach to say, hey, it's okay to skip it. It's okay to bounce past it. <laughs> a couple of years later, they were doing it. <laughs> what happened, Coach? He said, hey, that's the, the game's changed. Yeah, it has. But I thought it had already changed. <laughs> Y'all kept it down where you, know, you, you, you couldn't do those kind of things. 
always like to hear your story, Coach. So when you of your junior college teams, I believe that the the small and you used to talk about the the the, the smaller teams, the Mexicans that uh, you had to play a style that uh, was uh, gave them a chance to compete. Yeah, my high school team was a high school, very right. small team. You know, the Hispanic kids never really was. I don't think I saw a six footer on the campus. Mm. Matter of fact, I went to the same. I went to that <laughs> school, that, and at that time, I was the only African American that was on having the campus. It was an athlete. I was about six, maybe six one by the time I got through. But I was, well, I was the tallest, except for one of the kids that was there. In the entire school, there was probably two thousand students at that at that point. Uh, so when I became the coach, I was calling every player that I coached, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we played six fives and six sixes. And we, we 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 weren't very good because we played half court basketball. We just took it down and. Tried to get the best shot we could get. We were only gonna get one shot. There was no such thing as no rebound. rebound so I got, I got to figure out how can I get some cheap baskets to go along with some of the offense. We had some pretty decent kids that could shoot ball decent, but there was no other way other than you know we were trained that your offense can do everything, and I I, I had to wipe that out. I, I could if I was at the right school with the right kids. But when you just have the, that smaller team, boy, they shoot the ball about five times before we got it got it back. And usually when we got it back, it was taking it out of the net <laughs> to throw it back in. You know, so we started, we call it the egg, the scramble. And in Spanish, it's huevo. And, and when I when I start yelling that we're going to, from now on, get after people, we're going to touch them, we're going to grab them, we're going to pinch, we're going to fight. Nobody wants to play us anymore. We went from winning five or six games to 30, 25. I mean, it, it was amazing how things changed when the aggressiveness took over. And, and, and that's one thing that I had with teams that were very aggressive. That's all all the things that happened, I'm the proudest of the fact that the team of 94, 93 changed basketball uh, uh, way the way the guard and the bench. That, that that was totally changed when they said no hand set. That was on that was done by the University of Arkansas. Wow. Love it. Well, awesome. I, I say love it, but I, I love it on the edge of of, uh, of innovation, if you will, or making changes. Um, all right, coach, I I'm not quite as old as you, but I am I'm seventy one. So I think yeah, I can speak a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I do think I can speak from a little bit of experience. You were talking about Coach Haskins, and, and you know, he, he didn't allow the behind-the-back stuff and so forth and so on. I remember, Coach, the transition that went on from the set shot to a jump shot. And, boy, you thought if you jumped up to shoot the ball, oh, my goodness, what were you doing? Because yes, you were supposed yes, to be jumping up to shoot that basketball. You know, <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I, I I get a kick out of the, the youngsters that thinks that when you, you you bring a kid off to college and you can change the shot, and he's been shooting and playing that way for 18, 19 years, 
Yeah. And it's like, you got, <laughs> you're going to change him over in a, less than a year, and he's been doing it all of his life. I said, in college now, you better shoot a guy that can shoot already. You ain't keeping him out of shoot the basketball when he get up to that level. If you, if you don't learn something about the game at that lower level, that's why I always say the, the lower-level coaches probably should be named the best coaches in the country. Why? Because they're the ones that start them out to doing the right thing, shooting it the right way. Mm. And when they get to high school, it's already formed. It's kind of like – and if they go to college, then they they got three or four years, and that's it. And you ain't going to change them, and you might improve. But if you don't change the shot – and improve on what you got, you're doing a, a heck of a job. So learning the game and learning how to do all the things on the lower level is where all the great players get a chance to be real good when they're in high school and, and, and on into uh, college. Well, Coach, you may remember this, and it hadn't been that long ago, but it was not a pretty shot. But the reason why he shot the ball the way that he did was because he had broken his arm as a young child, and that's Ronnie Brewer Jr. It don't matter what you tried to do. That's the way he had to shoot the basketball. That's, and that's the, the way, way he learned to shoot the basketball. Do you know that little Ronnie Jr., when that happened, when he when he messed up his elbow and it cut it, we were on a – we were out having a picnic, and little Ronnie Jr., big Ronnie – all my team, coaches, I'm going to be related. And there was a slide that you could slide down that slide and into the water. Oh, wow. And that's where Ronnie got cut. Oh, wow. Never oh, my. We, had to, we canceled the party. We took him directly to the hospital, and that's when it took place. He was a youngster. So, yeah, he he go way back. Coach. Wow. Uh, his dad was, was a was, uh, old boothead, we call it. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, was there at the, at, at the little deal that we had with him, uh, that we had that picnic when it all took place and happened. So he never he never recovered. Never his, his, his elbow never came back right. And so he had to, what he had is how he had to shoot. And, and if you tried to correct it, it would have been the wrong, most dangerous thing to try to do because he was pretty good even with that cut and that elbow sitting out like he did. Now, I remember. Man, had no wow. idea. No idea. I learned something today. That's that's a, that's fascinating. That's a neat story. Yeah. You know, Coach, again, I'll, I'll, I'll spin the clock backwards. I always thought Ron Brewer had to be the cousin of Clyde the Glide Frazier. Frazier. <laughs> because Clyde the Glide was as cool and – I mean, he he nothing ever seemed to ruffle him. He kind of had that little small smile on his face. I always thought Boothead was the same way. He was just yeah. a different version of Clyde Frazier. Boothead was, oh my God, what a player! He, now he was he was a tremendous player. And Clyde, I, it's amazing because I was already out of college with Clyde. Clyde and them teams, they all pass, but nobody knew who Clyde played. And, and Coach Hatchett's always, they always, you know, the Miners always pick the weakest team to get to the finals. So they played, they, they, they picked on Clyde's team. <laughs> Clyde, I think, had 41 points on 
<laughs> All right, hang on, Coach. One more segment. That's Coach Nolan Richardson. It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now in Cabot. Well, Coach, I know it's always an important time, and we can joke and talk about this, that, and the other, but there is a very important mission that you're on, and it's called the Yvonne Richardson Foundation. If you would talk about that, Coach, and uh, for those at this time of giving and sharing, if they'd like to share, if you would tell them how they can share with the Yvonne Richardson Foundation. I appreciate this. Uh... We're a nonprofit organization, and we're located at 4057 Humont Road. Uh, it is Tawny Town, Arkansas. Uh, we have a, we have a, a list of more than 13 or 14 charities that we donate uh, money to, and to those families who needing special help along the way. Uh, we have been blessed to have some people that have really been great to us. I'd like to thank a few of them each week. The Stevens uh, Foundation, along with Karen Big, John David Lindsay, and Mickey and Larry and Brennan Insurance, Steve Smith and Alan Dunnabar. Uh, the list of those are the ones who are involved in our program and hoping that we can continue to give to those who are less fortunate. Once again, it's the Yvonne Richardson's Memorial Foundation and it's located at 4057 Cumont Road. And that is in Tawny Town, Arkansas, 72704. And while I'm on this, I'd like us to congratulate our new chancellor at the university, which I think is one of the greatest universities in America, Dr. Robinson. I want to congratulate him. I remember the time when I was there as a young professor, and now he's running one of the biggest and best schools in this country. Congratulations, Dr. Robinson. That's awesome. Great news. Gentlemen, I apologize. The magic of the Internet took me down for a second, so I apologize. Uh, Coach was talking about the new chancellor at the University of Arkansas, Coach, Coach, Chancellor Robinson. I think it's an excellent choice, and I'm looking forward to great things in the future under Chancellor Robinson. Um, Right before the break, Coach, we kind of got to talking about Clyde the Glide Frazier, and you mentioned the 41 <laughs> points. Didn't he play for Southern Illinois? Yes. Yes, yeah, Southern yeah. Illinois. Uh, uh, now, that was quite a backcourt tandem that they had with Clyde the Glide and Earl the Pearl. See, that's Earl what I Pearl. love about that, that, that time frame. Everybody had a nickname. Oh, yeah. If you didn't have a nickname, you weren't one of the players. <laughs> you know, you had you had to have one of the nicknames. I'm telling you, that's why I knew I was pretty good because they called me Sweet Sam. 
<laughs> sweet. Wasn't nothing sweet about me. <laughs> I was kind of like I was kind of like Marcus. <laughs> Try to find you and hit you. That's there the- you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's terrific. Okay, so I learned real quick. Mark has certain talents, and I don't know about dancing. Thank goodness he and mm. I have never danced uh, <laughs> or been a place where we were dancing together. But I found out he's not a baseball player. He's not a softball player. And he's not a golfer unless something's changed over the course of time. Mark, have you have you improved at golf at all? No. Okay. I'm not even, I won't even start that lie. No, I haven't. Because he makes Charles Barkley <laughs> looks good as a golfer. <laughs> I was just—I just found out about the new chancellor, though, and uh, man, he looks familiar too. I'm—I'm I'm excited about him. He's been—he's been up there about twenty-six, twenty-seven years. Wow. Uh, he's been there a long time. That's. I yeah. That's great. That is terrific. Wow. I—I—I I, uh, I read that, but I guess it just, until you said it. Really didn't sink into me that he's been up there 25, 26 years. Wow. Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. That's so, exciting. Coach, what have you got planned for Thanksgiving? Eat. <laughs> that's, that's my biggest plan. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to start. <laughs> oh, and I, I, I know where I'm going to end, but i I got to know where i got to start. All right. So what what is a typical Thanksgiving meal? For Coach Nolan Richardson. What is the what now? What's a typical meal for Coach Nolan Richardson? Any, you know, I love food. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, is it turkey? Is it turkey? Ham? Oh, okay. Of that bunch, it's amazing that they got a turkey and a ham. But I, I'm going to eat a little lamb. Oh, oh really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, but of course we'll have some turkey and some ham. But but uh, I think after Christmas, I mean after Thanksgiving is probably when I eat the most the leftovers. Yeah, but you coach, know, I gotta admit, I don't even like Mexican food. But I just left El Paso. I can't get enough of it now. Man, that was cool. Uh, uh, that's that's the real stuff down there. Oh my goodness! You know, you eat, uh, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, that, that's that's the real McCoy down there. Yes, way. and it was excellent. I wouldn't mind that for yeah. for Thanksgiving. I'm glad you. Had, how long did you say you stayed down there? I was over, I was out there two, two, two and a half weeks. Sure was. Yeah. And did you go by the University of Guinea at all? Beautiful. I just I I, I stopped in there briefly, but uh, man, it's beautiful. sits up sits up there nicely on the hill. That's a that's a beautiful town, actually. It really is. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it just grew quite a bit. It's probably, I'm going to say, at least a million and a half. Mm-hmm. If you put the Juarez border right next to it with all those, mm-hmm. you're talking about an area of maybe two, three thousand, three million people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in, in that long, in that small area of land. So, That's true. So it's east and it's west. Different. It is. It's way out on the west. Southwest, that is. as far as you can go, without going into real grand. Or that's right. And I, and I can remember my backyard. I can go and walk Mexico. Wow. Yeah. Nice.
Always great to talk to you, Coach. Coach, we are out of time. Right, we you. wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Coach, have a great Thank night. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. That's Coach Nolan Richardson for Marcus Elliott. I'm Randy Rainwater. Buzz Animal Cruelty. Stay new to your pet for the Buzz Radio Network. Happy Thanksgiving. So long, everybody. You know where to find us. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. 1037 The Buzz, your number one sports station in Arkansas. I want to thank Arkansas. KABC Little Rock.